Hello, and welcome to Office Hours with EAB. Today, we're joined by the University of Central Arkansas president, Houston Davis, who shares the motivations and the goals behind the UCA commitment. That's a program that establishes a debt-free pathway to a college degree for all incoming Arkansas freshmen who qualify based on financial need. While last-dollar programs like this aren't uncommon, what really sets this initiative apart is its scope. There may be no other university in the nation that attracts as many students with demonstrated financial need as the University of Central Arkansas. President Davis explains how his institution strengthened its own financial standing to make the UCA commitment even possible, and he shares advice for other leaders looking to bridge the affordability gap. So give him a listen and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Office Hours with EAB. My name is Paul Gunther, and I'm Principal Strategic Lead for Research Partners Success. Today, we're going to focus on a program that was just launched at the University of Central Arkansas to create a debt-free pathway to a college degree for all students who qualify based on financial need. What sets this initiative apart is its scope, both in terms of the number of students it will impact and its holistic approach to the student experience. I'm excited to have as my guest today to talk about this program, Dr. Houston Davis, the president of the University of Central Arkansas. President Davis, welcome to the podcast. It's great to be with you, Paul. Thank you for having me. Well, President Davis, if to get us started, if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about your institution, as well as the students and the communities that you serve. Well, I do love to talk about the University of Central Arkansas. Uh, UCA uh, is a, a public uh, regional comprehensive university. It's located in Conway, Arkansas, which is obviously in the central part of the state. You would probably guess that from the name. Um, and, and although we get undergraduate students from in any given year between 40 and 45 different states and, and 30 plus countries, 90% of our student body still comes from the state of Arkansas. Um, of our 10,000 students, roughly 8,000 are undergraduates and 2,000 graduate students. So, and in both of those populations, again, we really are serving the state of Arkansas. And we take that uh, charge very seriously that, that we're expected to wake up every day looking to make our state better. Well, so the program that you just launched at UCA is called the UCA Commitment. Could you explain briefly the impetus and the goals for the program? Certainly. One goal is to change the narrative for students and families that are beginning to wonder if higher education is out of their reach. We know that there are a lot of uh, variables that contribute to um, disturbing statistics in terms of participation rates in higher education in the, the fall semester after high school graduation um, or even within that point in two years of, of high school graduation. But we know that cost um, and then debt aversion uh, certainly are, have to be leading variables. So as we were capturing what we wanted to do with UCA commitment, uh, in many ways, it was to change that narrative uh, to allow families to be able to lay aside their concerns about loan debt, their concerns about having to put a credit card on the table uh, to be able to take care of their mandatory tuition and fees. 
how might we provide them a pathway um, to no debt uh, in that transaction and then make it just a value proposition about if UCA is a good fit for them and their educational goals, how could we go about making certain that we were positioning um, that as something that was a springboard uh, to their success and their futures, not something that was more of a hurdle to that success? Wow, uh, it's a pretty big undertaking, uh, and uh, it's a pretty big investment for the university to make. Can, can you talk a little bit about how you prepared uh, to make that commitment to the communities you serve? We have. You You don't launch a program like this and want that to be a flash in the pan. We built this to be long-term, um, that we would be able to extend to Arkansas families that make $100,000 and below. If those students are admitted to university, uh, that they uh, would be able to have their unmet need uh, mapped out for them. Uh, through a, a series of scholarship and or work study options. Uh, you don't announce that to your public. You don't announce that to future students and families without that being something you're committed to for the long haul. Um, so this this program wasn't just born out of a uh, a flash in the pan conversation in the last year. We've been working for the last five or six years at UCA to make certain that we're maximizing all of our scholarship dollars, that we're maximizing all of our student work and work study opportunities uh, to be able to, whether a student has $1,000 of unmet need or they've got $5,000 of unmet need, we want to be able to position um, opportunities for them to be able to satisfy that with either scholarship or work study. The opportunity. And there's that one other piece of the program as well. You mentioned the scholarship, you mentioned work study. There's also that service learning component. Why was that so important to build in? Well, one of the things that we feel like is is very important to an experience at UCA is, is uh, service learning. Um, the uh, that one of those high impact practices that our university um, already is very committed to. And as we were building the UCA commitment program, there was lots of talk about we don't want anyone that's participating in this to not um, also be making a commitment, having a bit of a skin in the game. Um, even if um, those students are not going to have a work study assignment, let's say they are just going to be receiving an outright scholarship to be able to cover their unmet need, we felt like having volunteer service hours um, as a, a bit of a symbolic gesture toward this opportunity came about because many people across many decades have positioned the university um, to be able to offer you this. That's a part of you paying it back, paying it forward, um, making certain that students, again, they are making a commitment to their community and making a commitment to their university. So the majority of the students in our first cohort will just have some volunteer hours that they'll have to do to remain eligible for their UCA commitment um, last dollar scholarship. Um, the Roughly a third we um, have built into the model will get an outright work study. And we want the work study assignment to not just be a random assignment. We want that to be a meaningful experience whereby those students, um, it's, it's, it's not just about um, them getting school covered. We want to make certain that they're getting connected. If they are, for instance, a College of Business student, wouldn't it be great to be able to do their work-study assignment inside of the College of Business and have that many more opportunities to be connected to the faculty and the staff and other students inside of their own college? So a meaningful experience is something that we continue looking toward. That's the goal with all of the placements. I can imagine just the amount of thought and planning that has had to go into this, 
right? You've got uh, the, the initial focus on helping freshmen uh, to kind of with the affordability aspect of it beginning next fall to earn a degree without incurring any of the debt, mapping in those high impact practices as part of it, uh, and making sure that they can pursue those as part of their college experience at UCA as opposed to something separate. So a ton of moving pieces. And as you said, that's not a flash in the pan. That is a lot of things that have to go together. I'm sure part of those pieces coming together are the the folks who work to make it possible. So I'm curious what it what it looked like as you were working with your board of directors and other key stakeholders to convince them that launching a program of this magnitude was not only possible but advisable. Well, I I think that when I talk about um, UCA commitment, I, I say there's a story that goes back 25 years, and there's one that's five years, and there's one that's one year ago, um, and the 25 is just the origins of me seeing that, that, you know, last dollar scholarship programs and work study programs can make a tremendous difference. And my background in Tennessee, Oklahoma and Georgia and then coming to Arkansas, I've seen elements of everything that we're doing. But five years ago, what I mean by that time period, I think that everybody from our board of trustees uh, through our leadership team, our dean's council, our faculty, our staff, our individuals working in enrollment services began sounding the alarm about um, not being able um, to meet last dollar needs of students um, and how we saw so many students beginning to walk away from opportunities at UCA. Or we saw individuals that were in academic good standing that were stopping out that when we re-engaged with them, we found out that it was just one bad financial moment in their life um, that had compounded to putting them in a position where they needed to and they would use, I quote Mark, stop out. We know that is likely drop out. Um, and, and they were going to plan to come back. And lots of times we don't see them come back to us. So really for the last five years, as we've been doing our work and our, our resource optimization initiative to make certain that the university's finances um, were not only sound, but that our, our dollars within our budget flowing to priorities and the largest priority in our strategic plan is stu student success. So what were we doing to be able to make dollar decisions that were following that goal of student success having to do something about last dollar scholarships, unmet need, um, had to be a centerpiece as we look to the future. If we were going to have efficiency and effectiveness as a part of our ROI program, we were going to have to do something about unmet need. So a, a year ago, um, I began talking with our board of trust uh, about something that we call Moonshot. Um, and, and that really grew out of a small group in, in June and July of 2022, um, getting together. And it was continuing a conversation that many of us had had um, across a couple of cycles about concerns about the conditions for those students. And we started allowing ourselves um, to our imaginations to run free with, well, what might we do? Um, what might be a, a, an appropriate step for the university to take in light of the resources um, that we have, what do we think can make the biggest difference? And at that point, it was just thinking about being able to serve students that whose families made 50,000 and below. Um, we sort of had a Pell times two sort of mentality. And our board of trust was very supportive of that. They saw that our work to make certain, and we've been lucky to work alongside with the AB um, and some other partners, are we maximizing existing aid towards serving as many students as possible? They knew that that work had accumulated to the point where we had the ability to free up dollars within the existing budget for something like this. Um, it was only as we got into the late fall of 2022 that we began realizing that we might be able to reach 
out and touch even more students. And again, very fortunate the university was in the financial shape that we were. Um, and we didn't go crazy about reaching 100,000 at that point, but we said, what if we could get that $75,000 mark? And I would say we went into the spring semester of this current year um, where we thought that was going to be possible and um, things just kind of keep working toward let's reach that murky middle, let's reach those families that are two income earners and the family doesn't have a lot of money left over at the end of each month and we decided on uh, setting it 100000 and we think that that's a healthy level for us to start at knowing that we'll inflate, inflation alone will erode that dollar figure some as we look to the next four or five years, but $1,000 or $100,000 is a good starting point. You know, we often talk about strategic clarity and then investing in those priorities. And I think this is a fantastic example of the forethought that went into it, right? Recognizing that you would need to do some things differently to be in a position to make a bet like this, and then to be able to walk the walk, putting that investment into your number one priority around student success uh, is, I think, something that is uh, worthy to mention, you know, how far in advance you all were planning for something like this. And then to sprint in a year to make it possible. I can only imagine the number of pieces that had to fall into place for that to occur. And I can imagine that now that uh, the announcement has been made, September 7th, right? Uh, now it's all about operationalizing it. And so that's a whole new uh, endeavor to, to really kind of kick off is to, to make it fully real uh, as it goes. Can you tell us a little bit about as you make that pivot towards kind of the operational focus? Uh, what are some of the lessons that you're learning? How are you looking at policies or processes that have been in place for some time? Yeah, one one thing that I think that we uh, picked on very picked up on very early as we were modeling this with five different cohorts is how many students are leaving resources on the table that are already due to them, and how the the element of choice um, to to fill out the FAFSA or to fill out the Arkansas Challenge um, paperwork uh, for, for the, the lottery funded program here in the state. There were a lot of students that were in our model that they just weren't claiming Pell Grant or challenge monies that they already were eligible for. So we realized that there was this, this element of we needed to find a way to take away that choice. Our requirement for a, a UCA commitment is that these students have to do those two things, fill out their FAFSA and fill out Arkansas Challenge. But we also realized that why might a student not do that? Well, they probably don't because they don't have anybody in their life that's helping them with that. Um, they're practically practically rudderless ships going uh, through through the ocean. So the the rethinking of what we were going to do really was to think about being taking more of a case management approach as we work with students. Um, obviously, putting in the requirement of the required FAFSA and Arkansas Challenge, most of the students, those natural forces will take over. But us building in early alert systems to be able to say that, you know, here, Paul should be a student who should have filled those things out by now. Let's reach out to Paul and let's go that extra mile to be able to do that case management approach. Paul, that's going to bleed over into everything that we do. That sort of case management approach isn't just going to help the UCA commitment students here um, at our university. That's going to help everyone. That's just kind of making that more of a priority. It's a service mentality. Um, and and I'm, I'm really proud how everyone's rallied to the concept um, of much of what we're going to do for these students is not really going to be us repurposing our dollars, but repurposing our time and our commitment to them uh, to make certain to, to do that case management. 
Um, the other certainly thing that we've we've learned is that it's um, it's going to it's one thing to just assume that you can roll out a program and, and individuals are going to participate. There's skepticism anytime you put something new out there. First of all, just within our university, every time we introduced the concept is before we got up to our public announcement of it. The first reaction was, what? Tell me again. How? That lather, rinse, repeat was the conversation over and over and over again. And it is still in many ways as we're asking people to come to the table to do the work on the project. We still have to allow them that thought process. But with external, uh, dealing with families, dealing with guidance counselors, dealing with others, there's a lot of what? What? How that we do with them as well um, and finding a way uh, to be able to bridge that skepticism, because we have certainly learned in life if it looks too good to be true. It probably is. Um, we um, have tried to make certain that we message this UCA commitment program. It's it's not just a gift that's handed out. Um, we chose commitment to be in the title for a reason. The university is taking certain steps. We need students and their support network. And if we need to be that support network to join us in making the commitment to the program. Uh, but but we do uh, fear what what about those individuals that, that pass by this opportunity because they think it's too good to be true. Yeah, both of those elements, that case element approach, and then the messaging and the social proof necessary for it all to work, that is a lot of hard work by a lot of people who must care very deeply about UCA's mission and its students. So congratulations to you and, and to your team for all the hard work that's already taken place and the commitment to making it possible moving forward. So I know when you put in that kind of hard work, there, there's certain expectations, there's things you want to see to come about from it. Curious about that in a couple of different angles. I think one, you know, kind of out of the gate is that enrollment piece. Well, what do you think and you're going to see in terms of some of the enrollments and, and the total number of students you expect to participate in UCA commitment over the next couple of years? Now, we've, I mentioned earlier that we've, you know, been able to model our, our program against five cohorts. I mean, that has, has been very informative to know where our likely eligibility would be and, and then even thinking about where participation might be. Um, all, all those past cohorts, it's roughly 40 uh, to 43% of our incoming undergraduate students, first time freshmen, would have been eligible uh, for the UCA commitment program. Um, we uh, have, have modeled out and to kind of level set for, for folks that are listening, our incoming freshman classes, um, they've been remarkably stable over the last few years. And that's been a great thing nationally uh, compared to what some other schools are seeing. But we get about 1,800 students every year. And, and again, very, very proud um, of that incoming class, uh, second largest in the state of Arkansas, public or private, um, and generally second best academic or prepared, and that usually um, right in behind the flagship on those statistics. We expect um, that this program will yield um, some additional students in um, our incoming cohort in the fall of 24. As mentioned earlier, we wonder about um, the, the students that might think, well, that's too good to be true. Um, we know that by fall of 25, we will have pr uh, proven uh, with our incoming cohort that, wow, that thing at UCA really is making a huge difference for that freshman class. We don't think with our juniors in high school right now that we'll be having that fight uh, or having that concern in, in years to come. But that 1800 figure, as we look to model what might be the impact, we think this could have um, probably yield another 100, 125 students in that incoming class that fall, uh, perhaps as many as 150 to 200 in out years. Um, that would uh, be pretty significant. But the real gains that are going to come from UCA commitment 
aren't going to necessarily be in additional new students because the enrollment cliff is still the enrollment cliff and we're not changing our admission standards. Um, what it's going to change is, is uh, really those retention rates. Um, I mentioned earlier, those students that are in academic good standing, making great progress toward degree, and their primary, if not only reason for stopping out um, is finances. Um, we feel like the real gains are gonna come from retention of students um, through, um, through their graduation. And I've, if we've modeled this in the past years, we see that for every one student that we might gain that's a new student, we think we're gonna gain two students um, to retention. So um, I've told everyone that I think UCA commitment is more of a retention initiative than it is a recruitment initiative. Although it certainly is gonna help on recruitment and we do wanna change that narrative for Arkansas families. Um, we want them to see college as something that if they're academically prepared for and UCA is a good fit, there should be no reason that um, debt aversion should be the reason for not coming to, to meet with us about finding a place in our, our UCA family. But this is really gonna be about retaining our students and making certain that we're bridging those um, real hard financial realities that all of our families deal with. We know that a lot of our students, well, a lot of them are first generation, a lot of them are Pell eligible. Many, many of them show up. They've got a plan for how they're going to pay for their first or second semester, but there is really no plan for how they're going to pay for years two, three, and four. Um, UCA commitment is going to move the needle on that factor. One of the things that stands out to me about that uh, is you're really letting folks know we have a plan for you. Not as you said, you may have a plan for your first semester, your first two semesters, but but that message of we have a plan for your whole four years here, I think is really powerful, especially as you combat some of that skepticism that you mentioned. That's going to be a big piece of it. And so there's expectations, as you mentioned, for you know, the enrollment as well as the retention piece. But what about uh, some of the other components? I think about economic development, right? I can imagine that with both the service and the work study components, those are going to enhance partnerships with businesses and community partners. So in, what role do you expect uh, UCA and specifically UCA commitment to play in boosting the Arkansas economy over the long term? Well, we're, um, we, we saw just really a great reaction to our announcement on September 7th of UCA commitment was our, our local chamber of commerce and the chambers of commerce in the area being really excited about pushing this out um, to their major employers. Um, they, uh, our chamber of commerce called it, um, it, it an absolute game changer. Uh, because they see it as not only something that's going to help existing employers with their employee base, because many of their um, families uh, will be eligible for this. But what a great recruitment tool um, as we're looking to recruit business and industry to uh, the Little Rock, North Little Rock and Conway metro area uh, for us to be able to say that this university that's that's going to be in your backyard um, has this special program available and many of your employees um, will be, you know, immediately their, their graduates of the high schools will be eligible for that uh, from the outset. Um, we know that I mentioned earlier about the declining participation rate. And that's something that I know all 50 states are concerned about. Um, in Arkansas, the, the percent of high, recent high school graduates that have attended any post-secondary, not just universities, community colleges, but even the vocational centers, in the fall semester following high school graduation has gone from 52% down to 41% um, just in um, a decade period of time. And, and that's coming off a decade 
where there were a lot of uh, movements to try and get more and more students to go to school and get our graduation rates up. Um, the uh, We think that UCA Commitment is an example of a program. It's not just providing leadership here in Arkansas, but we think nationally for schools and states that are looking to reverse that trend um, or at the very least flatten that line, um, that, that we're not going to turn that around um, on our own for the state of Arkansas. But um, if we can do anything to begin reversing course to get that that 41, 42 percent back uh, going in a positive direction, um, we desperately need to get back above 50 percent. We really, uh, as was the goal a few years ago, to get that to 60 percent. Um, we've got, got a long ways to go, but UCA is going to do our part um, to try and uh, lead the way for the state. Well, and EAB will be watching closely. That's a trend we've been tracking as well. We call it non-consumption uh, and kind of finding those examples for how do you buck that trend where we do see high school graduation rates increasing, but participation in the co college going rate decreasing. And I think this will be a great example that hopefully we'll be able to, to highlight as one of those case studies uh, in just a short period of time. I, I want to move to advice. I want to I want to start with advice for for current high school students, and then maybe some advice for, for higher ed leaders. Uh, but, but I'd love to start, and you mentioned this a little bit already, but you know, what advice do you have for a young person who might be in high school today, and they're weighing their options about you know, what to do after they graduate? Well, the number one thing is that we we want them to know if they're, if they're academically prepared and they've got the, the goal uh, to get their college degree, they absolutely positively can know that they can be in conversation with UCA about the fit with our university. But one thing, Paul, that we have already seen, and it was something that we feared. We talked a lot about this as we we're modeling this over the last year. There are so many seniors uh, by, by the time a student gets to that point, if they've given up on the dream of college, it's almost like a light that's flickered out. Um, and they may well have, have, that light may have flickered out two and three years prior. Um, your high school teachers and counselors talk about, you can just almost see that flicker out with students and they may do what they have to do to get uh, beyond, um, get their high school degree, but they have just gone ahead and put out of their mind that a college degree is ever in their future. Um, we There's a bit of a strategy for what are we doing with high school counselors and what are we doing to try and reach those students um, with with special messaging um, to, you know, if, if we can get them back on that trajectory to think that college is in their future, we may well have some preparedness issues that we will need to address in that first year. So it, it goes from being an enrollment services and an access initiative um, that's that's about um, entering and then retaining to us accepting the fact that that we may have some preparation issues um, with with students that uh, that again financial barriers were the only reason they weren't thinking about college. It's not that they can't do. It's just that they uh, again that light burned out a long time ago. The other part to that is a lot of our, our messaging as we're working with the high schools, working with counselors, working with you, you begin in the, the college fair and the recruitment process, some relationship with students in that freshman and sophomore year of high school. Well, we think we're talking to them before that light is burned out. Um, we think that that we're going to be able to have a dialogue with them that allows them to have hope and energy and enthusiasm um, about what their future. I mean, maybe they, they had started hearing in the back of their mind from whatever their support network is that, well, college, we may not be able to do that for you. Well, they can say, well, you know what, UCA, 
They've got that program. If I can just find a way to make my grades, if I can find a way to hit all my marks, um, I know that I've got a future there. Um, and that's where we want that that dialogue because um, the aspirations um, have a lot to do with participation um, later on. And if aspirations have been been shot down, um, deflated, um, you know that that's something that we're going to have to overcome. And again, I love that UCA commitment is going to have. Um, some some long tails on our success. I mean, I, I think about the the excitement that we're going to have when a, our first graduate walks across the stage at the Ferris Center and I get to shake their hand knowing they're our first UCA commitment graduate. That's going to be a great day, Paul. I mean, that's going to be wonderful. But I also love that if we'll work this for the next two to three years, we may shape those aspirations and those post-secondary goals for some of those students that heretofore, again, the light might have burned out early on in their high school experience. Um, Again, that's um, that's the kind of work that you can get excited about. That's the kind of work that my grandmother talked about, good pride, bad pride. That's good proud, good pride uh, being a part of. And we've got a lot of uh, a lot of people that they see that that's the long game is changing that narrative and ch changing that trajectory for individuals as well as in the aggregate, looking at that data that we talked about earlier. You know, at EAB, we often talk about envisioning what that future will look like. And I love how tangible that vision is of shaking hands with that first UCA commitment student to cross the stage as something to look forward to and something to aspire to. It makes it very real. Yeah, I think that's like hitting a hole in one in golf. I may just I may just walk out of the room at that moment. I'm done. That'll, 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 that'll be the highlight of my career. I wouldn't know the feeling. I've been playing golf for years. I still haven't had that hole in one moment, but I keep hoping. <laughs> You know, President Davis, I want to be respectful of your time, but before we go, I'd also love to get your advice for other higher ed leaders who may be thinking about ways to help close the funding gap and, and you know, that long tail of success that you mentioned, because as you mentioned, it's not just about making it more accessible or more affordable. It's about that success along the way. What advice do you have for other higher ed leaders on that? Yeah, I, you know, I think that I... I, I joke, but I'm, I'm serious about in the higher education, if meaningful work, you're cooking with crock pots, not with microwaves. Um, we um, are very proud of the fact as we've uh, imagined and launched UCA commitment, it's been with multiple years of budget and scholarship and, and, and budget distribution decisions that have been toward this day of making this possible. Um, I probably frustrated our enrollment services team over my first six years um, by not falling victim to the, let's just throw as much scholarship money at the wall as possible and see if we can goose up um, our incoming freshman class. Um, I know from my past governance roles in Tennessee, Oklahoma, and Georgia, that those are usually short-term sugar highs that get institutions really good headlines in August and September for an incoming freshman class, but their chief budget officers are wincing in the corner because they know what that did to one-time reserves. Um, we um, have programmed all of UCA commitment to be about how are we utilizing our existing scholarship lines? How are we utilizing our existing, again, in the base budget student worker and work study positions? How are we freeing up other dollars within the broader university budget for the same? Um, 
ROI has been about how can we best position our resources to be able to recruit and retain the best faculty and staff possible, but it's also been about how can we position ourselves to better serve our students and their student success goals by being able to address these unmet needs. Um, I would tell anybody that is looking to try and replicate what we're doing with UCA commitment that you've got to do that hard work um, or else you will spend yourself into a debt spiral and your board of trust or your board of regents will catch up to your strategies eventually. I see too many schools that are spending themselves just looking at one year and two year goals, not thinking about what's the impact of that going to be over the next five to 10 years. Um, so I think uh, it was a lot easier to launch a program of this type knowing that we're five years into really six years but five years into very open dialogue with our campus about the goals of roi and how all of that accrues toward student success the retention of faculty and staff making certain to position the university to thrive in an era of uncertainty for a lot of other universities so i think doing the hard work um, again, it's it's crockpots, not microwaves. Um, and I'm, I'm very proud to be able to put a program in place that we've not just built it for one or two cycles and then see how that's going to work. We've modeled the thing out for eight or nine years. I mean, we we look forward to having maturity um, of cohorts in this and, and seeing what that can do to retention rates. President Davis, thank you for your time today. And uh, thank you for the opportunity to be a part of your story. Uh, EAB has been privileged to work alongside you and your team on a number of the different components for this initiative. And uh, we were there to cheer you all on on September 7th, because we're just so excited to be a part of, of what you all have set out to create and the impact that it'll have for your students and for your communities. Hopefully it'll be okay, but we'd love to come and have you back on the program maybe next fall and give us an update on, on how things are going at UCA and with UCA commitment. I would love to. As, as much fun as this is to talk about now, the, the real energy is going to come once we have those students enroll um, in fall of 24 and, and start seeing that's that's a life changing proposition there. And, um, you know, again, what 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 better work to be involved in than, than, than what we're doing in higher education? This is this. I'm proud to be here and I'm, and I'm proud to do what I do. Well, thank you again for joining us today on Office Hours with the EAB. Thank you.